Happy game day, Sun Devil fans. It's time to talk Arizona State Sun Devils taking on the Utah Utes tonight. Here's a game preview provided to you by the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw. I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, the podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you would like to check us out in a visual platform, of course, where we do get your podcast, make sure you hit like and subscribe, and also turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. To stay in touch with all the content, make sure you're following me on Twitter. You can find me at richiebrads 36 And you can find the podcast while you're on Twitter as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. But follow both, stay in touch with everything going on with the podcast, and stay in touch with everything Sun Devils all the time. It is game day as of this being released. Arizona State is taking on the number 13 Utah Utes in Tempe tonight. There's been a lot of change this week. It's a new head coach. Herm Edwards is gone. Sean Aguano, the running back coach, has been promoted to interim head coach. The offense may be completely different now. The defense may be completely different now. This is a lot of unknown territory for Arizona State now. Is that a bad thing? Not necessarily. Should it bring us comfort? I don't know yet. It's going to be a very telling week, though, regardless of the outcome, because this is, on paper, an unwinnable game. Utah is the reigning Pac-12 champions. They should have another clear shot and clear path right back to the Pac-12 championship game, whether it's against USC or Oregon or Washington or anyone else who could surprise. But as of right now, this is Utah's conference to lose. And with opening conference play against Arizona State, a team that has like a low-key, pretty decent rivalry, this should be an easy coast win for them. The problem is Arizona State is not going to feel the same way. You've heard all week, these these student-athletes, they are so determined to prove everyone wrong. They are so done with all the topics, all the conversation, all the negativity surrounding this team. They're ready to prove their worth to the rest of college football, to the fans, to the students, to the alumni, to the boosters, to the world. Arizona State Sun Devils football is so determined to silence its doubters. And I'm here for it. So what we're going to do today is just like what we've done all year so far. We're going to go over keys to victory on offense, followed by defense, and then in the last segment, I got a focus player, I got some bold predictions, and I got a final score for you guys. So let's go ahead and start taking a look at the offense. Three keys to victory. First one, fairly simple. Again, this this is something that you could say every week. So, But it is even more vital this week because of how much you have struggled previously. First key, get in the end zone. It is that simple. You cannot settle for field goals. You cannot punt the ball away when you're in opposing territory. You cannot stall out and get three and outs. I'm not saying you need to score a touchdown on every single possession, 
Because if you have seven possessions, you have seven touchdowns, it's 49 points. And that's a lot of points on a defense as good as Utah's. That is not going to happen. Guarantee it. You know, certified, put a stamp on it. ASC will not score seven touchdowns on seven drives against Utah. And if you're betting money on that, then you're throwing it away. I don't care if it's a penny. That is a penny wasted. With that being said, Arizona State needs to find their way into the end zone more often than not, even if that's three times. Because if your defense can step up and hold Utah to two touchdowns or even three touchdowns and you kick a couple field goals, that's what's going to be important here. This was something that was missing when they played number 11 Oklahoma State in Stillwater. The defense stepped up. The offense even moved the ball well. Occasionally, there were a few good drives, particularly the opening drive. After you got that three and out, you went right down the field. And what happened? You had to settle for a field goal. You stalled out inside the 10-yard line. That cannot happen, especially against a Utah Utes defense like this. So you need to get into the end zone. Three points is not going to be acceptable on every drive. If you get it, you know, a few times, great. That's awesome. But at the end of the day, if you have to kick four field goals and you only score one touchdown, that's a failure on offense. I'm sorry, it is. Like, it's awesome for Carter Brown, who's having a great freshman year. He's only missed one field goal attempt. Other than that, Carter Brown has been perfect. So it'd be great to see Carter Brown continue to pad those stats and put up one of the best kicking kicking seasons Arizona State has had since Zen Gonzalez left. But you need to get in the end zone in this game. Again, like I started off this conversation, of course, this is a goal every week. This is more important than before because you need to prove that you're capable of doing this. Second step here, power run and control the clock. You need to control time of possession in this game. It can be an overrated stat. It will not be an overrated stat in this game. You need to find a way to have the ball for the majority of the time. I am telling you right now, shoot for 35 minutes. That should be your goal. Try and get 35 minutes of possession. That is a lot of time on your hands. You know, 40 is probably completely unreachable. 35 is probably unreachable. But set that goal for yourself and try to get to 35 minutes of possession time. If Arizona State controls the ball for 35 minutes, short of Utah having like three play drives where they just go right down the field, I'm going to feel pretty good about Arizona State's chances to pull off an upset here. It is going to be entirely predicated on whether or not you're going to be able to keep your defense rested on the field or not. That Again, this was a problem against uh, Oklahoma State is your, your offense just gave your defense no chance. I'm pretty sure Arizona State even had longer time of possession, but the problem with that is it, it came towards the end of the game. Arizona State was stalling out on offense consistently, and then Oklahoma State would come in and drive right down the field, whether it was a five-play drive or a 12-play drive. Oklahoma State had no resistance, even against a good defensive performance. So in this instance, you absolutely need to control the clock. It's going to be so pivotal to keep that defense rested, to put points up on the board, and keep that offense off the field. Finally, the last thing, key to victory here, simplify the offense and don't get cute. This is not the week to get cute. This is the number 13 team in the nation. This is the reigning Pac-12 champs. This is your first interconference game of the year. You need to set a precedent right now. 
you need to look at this game and say there is no room for error. There is no room for us to get cute. We need to execute a game plan. We need to execute it at a top level. We can't be messing around in this game because if you do mess around, you're going to lose. I promise you. You try and get cute against a defense as stout and as smart as this one, not going to go well for you. You need to execute. And the best way to do that is just make the offense simple. And maybe unpopular, don't take the deep shot. Like, it, it hasn't clicked for you so far. This is definitely not the game to try and force it. I think what you need to do, like I said previously, power run. You know, X Valade is a stud. He's proven to be a great running back this year and is firmly in the conversation for the Doug Walker Award. He truly is. So I, I was looking earlier on our YouTube Live. He's like 13th in the nation or something like that. But he's been consistent in every game. 100 yards and a touchdown in all three games so far. If he can find a way to continue that kind of consistency, he's going to get a lot of recognition as one of the best backs in the country. That's what you need to do, is you need to let your offense run through Valaday. And then you need to allow Emory Jones take the shackles off him and let him move with his legs. Just run the you-know-what out of the football. Allow Arizona State to deflate it, control the, control the game clock, and hopefully tire out that defense enough to get into the end zone. All these things go with each other. You make this offense as simple as possible. The way you do that, you run the heck out of the football. Hopefully, you allow Emory Jones a little more opportunity to run and finish your drives with touchdowns. That's how you're going to win this game offensively. We're going to go ahead and talk about how to win the game defensively in just a moment. But first, I have to talk to you about our friends over at Underdog. So this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football this season. It's about as easy as it gets, guys, and I can't recommend it enough. Right now, the way it's going to work is you take a look at some over-under predictions for some players. Pick the over, pick the under. It's that simple. And my pick for this weekend, I like UNC's quarterback, Drake May, higher than 254 and a half passing yards against Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame starter Drew Pine lower than 217 and a half passing yards. And I like Louisville's quarterback Malik Cunningham over 95 and a half rushing yards against UCF. You guys watch Malik Cunningham. That guy is a dynamic runner. So go in and make your own picks. Don't just take my advice. It's easy to play and it's available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just Arizona State. You don't need to limit yourself to Sun Devils and decide if they want or if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy games to play, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. If you go and sign up right now and use the promo code LOCKED ON, one word, no spaces, LOCKED ON, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So you deposit $100 and you get $100. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code LOCKED ON. As one word, get in on college football's pick em action today by going to Underdog Fantasy now. You guys know it. This podcast free and available on all platforms and appreciate your listen. Back into our conversation, look at the, at the defensive side of the ball. There is one thing that stands out more than anything else. When I'm looking at Utah, it's those tight ends. Brent Keithy and Dalton Kincaid. 
Those two are absolute animals. Between the two of them, they have 29 catches. They have well over 300 yards, pretty darn close to 400. They have five touchdowns. Take that out of the 63 receptions for the team. They have 29 of them. So they got almost half of the receptions. They have almost 400 yards out of 792 passing yards. Again, almost half. And they got five of the nine touchdowns. That's more than half. All the production for this team is going through Brant Keithy and through Dalton Kincaid. And they're both incredibly talented tight ends. For what it's worth, they're both going to be draft eligible. Or you know what, Keithy? No, Keithy is eligible. They're both going to be draft eligible. So I'm curious what their stock's going to look like because of how good they are at this game. But this is the first thing for how you're going to win this game defensively. You have to stop them. Now, that's pretty much impossible. So when I say stop, I more or less mean contain them. You're not stopping these two. ASU has been so susceptible to the tight end for God knows how long. And they got torn up by Keithy and Kincaid last year. I think Kincaid had uh, two touchdowns on us, and I believe Keithy had a bunch of yards. I'm not willing to commit to uh, whatever the number was. But they're both very, very good. And Arizona State is going to struggle to cover these guys, just like any team would. So that's not me slandering Merlin Robertson and Kyle and Connor Soley and the rest of the linebackers and the safeties. This is simply like no team in college football can lock the both these guys up. You can maybe shut down one of them. The other's going to expose you. Worst case scenario is they both kick your butt. And that's what you cannot afford. You cannot let these tight ends take advantage of you because if they do, this offense can get explosive very quickly and the game can get out of hand very, very fast. Cameron Rising is a great, great quarterback, and he knows how to use his tight ends better than anyone else in the country. If you allow Kincaid and Keithy the opportunity to be the explosive weapons they are, this game is over. You just simply cannot stop them. So you need to find a way to at least slow them down, maybe take one of them out of the game, I, f- I feel like that would be an awesome scenario if you can eliminate one of them and try and key in on, I don't, I don't know, just kind of slowing down the other one. Second thing you need to do, you need to find a way to keep Utah as a one-dimensional offense. The first way you do that is to take away Keithy or Kincaid. That's a good start. I don't know if I trust the rest of their offense. Uh, their second leading receiver is uh, um, uh, Devon uh, Veal, Devon Veal, Devon Villay. I think it's Veal. Uh, eight catches, 112 yards, two touchdowns. He's their number one receiver. Uh, not the biggest kid. Nope, just kidding. He is the biggest kid in the world. Uh, six foot five, 205 pounds. He's not going to be easy to slow down. But if you're able to take away the tight end and kind of force, force the force the issue on him. I like your chances because again, he's only got eight catches. He hasn't eclipsed 38 yards in any game this year. And both his touchdowns came against San Diego state last week. So there is an opportunity here to kind of limit their passing game. The thing I'm worried about. And what we're going to talk about more later is Tavion Thomas, the running back is, yeah, I just, I think he is one of the best backs in the pac 12 and he's done nothing but prove it in every game this year. He's a big bully back too. Dude, six foot two, almost 240 pounds. He's going to punish you. 
and he's going to wear you out and he's going to make it a long, long 60 minutes on you. It's going to be a rough evening for Arizona State Sun Devils. But if you are able to limit one of the tight ends and you can find a way to stuff the box and slow down Tavion Thomas, you can make it so that Cameron Rising is forced to, you know, like two targets. If you can take away one of the tight ends, force him to look at Veal and the rest of the guys. You got to find a way to take away the run game as well. How about this? Just take away the run game. If you can find a way to just keep Tavion completely contained and force Cameron Rising to pass the whole game, that's a great step for you because that makes it a lot easier to game plan against an offense that has a lot of variety to it that Utah plays smash mouth football. This is not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination, but if you can find a way to limit them to just one side of the football, that would be awesome. Finally, extra opportunities for the offense. This is the same thing I threw out during the Oklahoma state game. And I'm going to echo it here. This does not have to be turnovers. Obviously we want turnovers, but this is just as good with three and outs or short drives and flipping field position. That should be your goal here. Even if you're limiting Utah to field goals, I guess that's not the worst thing in the world. It, obviously, you'll take field goals over uh, over touchdowns. Uh, for what it's worth, their their kicker, uh, Jordan Noyce, I think is how you say that, has only kicked three field goals this year. Now, granted, he's made all three of them, and his longest is from 43. But nonetheless, I mean, you, you just need to find a way to give Utah as little wiggle room as possible. Try not to let them get past midfield on like consecutive, consecutive drives. Slow them down as much as you can. You also need to find a way to give your team extra possessions. And again, not, I'm not just referring to turnovers. I'm talking about three and outs. I'm talking about, again, like not allowing them to get into your own territory and forcing Utah to punt. These are what I consider extra opportunities for you. You need to find a way to generate as many of those as possible on defense Give your offense more opportunities. And again, it goes back to the offense of power run, control the clock. Essentially, I want you to try the Oklahoma State game plan, sort of, but make it effective this time. So with Oklahoma State, I feel like they were trying to force a square peg into a round hole, and that just was not going to work. In this case, if you try and do the same thing of like stubbornness, then you're going to lose. That was the problem with Oklahoma State. You were too stubborn to adjust. Try and make it as simple as possible. If you have to get away from it, I don't trust you to win, but at least go out swinging. So again, for the defense, you got to find a way to stop these tight ends. You got to try and limit Utah to a one-dimensional offense, and you got to give your offense some extra opportunities. One more break. When we come back, we're going to break down my bold predictions as well as a final score for this game. Locked on Sun Devils right now. Guys, make sure that you're checking out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast hosted by my good friend Spencer McLaughlin. Get all your Pac-12 news in 30 minutes or less and stay in touch with everything going on in the Conference of Champions. Don't just limit yourself to Sun Devils news. Make sure that you're up to date on the other 11 rivals that the Sun Devils have in the Pac-12. Free and available on all platforms, plus your boys on there at least once a week. So make sure you go and check out Locked On Pac-12. All right, first thing I want to go over. My highlighted player of the game. I actually went with Tavion Thomas instead of one of the two tight ends. 
Now, the reason why is because I believe if you can eliminate eliminate if you can eliminate Tavion from the offense, you have a pretty nice chance here of being able to kind of dictate the game and figure out how you want to attack for the remainder of it. I think that eliminating Tavion will force Oregon's hand into throwing the football a lot. And while, yes, they, they can absolutely throw the football, they definitely prefer to run it. They've got 119 carries on the ground compared to 91 pass attempts. So they have almost 30 more uh, rushing attempts compared to passing attempts. And again, Cameron Rye is an outstanding quarterback. And I don't know if he's going to make any mistakes in this game. But if you can find a way to really force the issue of making Utah have to solely rely on the pass, I do like your chances a little bit more. As long as you can find a way to slow down those stupid tight ends. So key in on Tavion, just take him completely out of their game plan. Make it so that they have to rely on the pass. Bull prediction time, two on offense, two on defense, and then I got a final score for you. First one, offensively, Emory Jones will eclipse his current rushing total in the year, which is 38 yards, and top his single game total of the year, which is 48 yards. So I'm thinking he gets 49 and a half or more. I'm thinking this could be a 50, maybe even a 60-yard rushing game for Emory. And the reason why I'm banking on that is because I truly believe that Sean Aguano is not going to hold back the role that Emory Jones should be having for this offense. I think he's going to allow him to be creative with his legs, you know, design up some more RPOs some bootlegs and rollouts, get Emory more comfortable, let him use his best asset, which is being on the run. Emory can be a good pocket passer. He has shown that capability both at Arizona state and Florida, but when he's at his best, it's when he's allowed to move, give him that opportunity. I'm thinking they do. And I'm thinking that they're going to allow Emory to be a little more, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, eh, I, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. It, it'll allow him to be more comfortable, though, and perhaps get him into a situation where he is happy to run the football. So, because against NAU, he did a good job. You know, uh, he ran 10 times, turned it into a little over 50 yards. Uh, he did have a sack that brought him down to 48. Oklahoma State, he, he couldn't get anything going on the ground. He was sacked three times. He only had one carry, like one positive carry, really, to kind of save himself. And then last week, you know, he didn't get sacked any times, but he only had seven rushing yards on three carries. He did get in the end zone. He's been in the end zone three times this year on the ground. He is entirely capable of taking over a game with his legs. Allow him to do that. Second bull prediction, X Valaday's 100-yard streak will end, but he will continue his touchdown streak. I want to see both continue going, obviously. What Valade has done this year has been outstanding. He has been everything you needed considering you lost Rashad White and Daniel Chip Nagata. Or not Nagata. Uh, goodness gracious, we have Daniel Nagata. Uh, Diamante Chip Tran. When you, when you lose those two between uh, Chip and Rashad, that, that's really tough to overcome. Nagata has been massive for this team. Valade has been a godsend. He's been everything and a bag of chips for you. So you're going to lean on him again. He is once again going to be a guy who's going to get pretty close to uh, 20 touches on the game. Uh, his low was 15 carries against NIU. And I mean, he still killed it. Uh, he had 21 carries against Oklahoma State 
And last week he had 19 total touches, 16 rushing, three receiving against Eastern Michigan. You got to give him a similar workload. If you do that, I like your chances to be able to be productive. I don't know if the yards are going to be there, but I am more than willing to bet that he's going to get in the end zone for you. Defensively, the turnover streak extends with an interception off Cameron Rising. I think the ASU secondary has just played so well this year. And yes, I understand that of the four picks, two of them have come from Kyle Soley. And I am not going to count Soley out of getting another pick with the way he's been playing in coverage this year. But I do think that Arizona State will be able to throw Cameron Rising off his rhythm a little bit if the pass rush continues to take a step forward. And I think that that could cause Cameron Rising to make a bad decision, which again, he doesn't make many of them, which is what makes this a very, very bold prediction. He's got one interception on the year. It came in week one against Florida on a pass that he doesn't make 99 out of 100 times. It was a total fluke for Florida to get, but you know, a win's a win and a pick is a pick. I do think Arizona State is going to find a way to generate a turnover in this game. Final bold prediction. I don't like this one. Brent Keithy and Dalton Kincaid are going to combine for 150 yards and three touchdowns. Again, I put in my in my template for how to win this game that you need to control those tight ends. I just don't know that you can. They tore you up last year. I don't know. I don't see a reason why they're not going to do the same thing this year with all of the circumstances that are piling up against Arizona State. This is going to be potentially a new look defense, regardless of the fact that it's the same coordinators, guys. I know. Okay. I know Glenn Thomas is still the offense coordinator. I know Donnie Henderson still the defense coordinator. You cannot convince me that their schemes are not going to change up even a little bit with a new head coach now. Cannot convince me. So I'm curious how the defense is going to adjust. And if they are struggling, which I anticipate they will, and that's not on them. It's just, it's one of those things where it's just part of getting comfortable in a new scheme. But if that's the case, then these tight ends are going to eat them up. Like, I, I don't want that to be the case. It's probably going to happen. Final score prediction. Again, I, I don't like this because I don't like picking against my team. But I do have Utah over Arizona State pretty convincingly. I do have them uh, final score 38-17 in favor of Utah. I really see this game going one of two ways. The first way, it's a blowout, which is 20 or more. And that's what I have here is Utah wins by 21 points. I think it's either a blowout or Arizona State keeps it within one possession. And I, I mean like close, like seven or less points. I do not see anything in between. I don't see Arizona State blowing out Utah. I don't see Utah winning like a comfortable 10 points or something. I think Arizona State is either going to give Utah absolute hell and get themselves a heck of a moral victory or they're just going to be caught with their pants around their legs and they're going to get spanked. Either way, we can't be mad at whatever kind of production they end up giving us because this is just a lot of expectations to be placing on a team that's going through so much change right now. Accept what it's going to be. Go into it as Zendeha from uh, Spider-Man No Way Home said. Expect to be disappointed, and you'll never be disappointed. I'm hoping for a win. I'm not actively rooting against my guys. I'm just trying to be realistic. That being said, that is going to end this edition of the Locked On Sunnivals podcast. So, you know, thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. Free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you want to check us out in that visual platform, of course, wherever you do get your podcast, though, hit like and subscribe. 
and make sure that you turn on notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is typically Monday through Friday. But in the case of this week, we had a podcast every single day. Also, we go live every Friday at 5 p.m. Uh, Arizona time, which right now is Pacific. Eventually, it's going to be Mountain time again. But Arizona time, 5 p.m. on Fridays. Make sure that you come in. I typically stay a little over an hour. We just have good conversations, so definitely tune in. Also, always be submitting your questions for Arizona State's, uh, or not Arizona State's, uh, Locked on Sun Devils mailbag Q&A that we do on Thursdays. So lots of stuff for you guys to do to make sure that you're staying in touch with all the content. One more thing I'm going to ask of you guys. If you're on Twitter, go ahead and follow me at RichieBrads36 and follow the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Stay in touch with all the content and stay in touch with everything else we got going on. Till next time, guys, keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.